You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It is your boy, your host, Sosa Kermenjas. I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, is Cam Newton still the plan at quarterback for the New England Patriots? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to your Friday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for tuning back in here for another episode with me, your host, Sosa Kremenges, and we are recording this after the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft, and just after, so this is all fresh in my mind, fresh off of watching Rich Eisen and the guys over at the NFL Network, things have really worked out very well, in my opinion, for the Rams going into day two. Now, the Rams don't pick until the 57th overall pick, so still a lot of picks to go between the 33rd overall pick and the 57th, but for now, The way the board has fallen for the Rams, I love the way it looks. So we're going to talk about some of the winners and losers from day one, in my opinion, some of my favorite picks, some of the picks that I didn't love so much in this first segment. Then in the second segment, going to dive into the big board that I've kind of created over the last few months, I guess, and talk about which players may have been taken off of that big board were drafted in round one and some of the guys that still remain and what I think the Rams could ultimately look to do and what they should do. And then we're going to keep on with that same topic and just talk about what the strategy may be for the Rams. If anything changed with all these names that have ultimately dropped that are now going to be potentially in that range for the Rams. But just to preface all of this, a lot of you guys have told me that the podcast has not been coming up on Apple and I'm aware and it's kind of an Apple issue right now. I'm not really sure what's happening with them. They had some sort of an update and for whatever reason, the episodes just have not been uploading there, but I wanted to let you guys know that you can still find the podcast everywhere else, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, all these other podcast platforms. If you just search up Locked on Rams in Google, you'll find us on every other platform, just not Apple for the time being. We're waiting for them to get the problem solved. I appreciate you guys for letting me know and for still finding other ways to listen. I'm sorry for the inconvenience. It's obviously the worst timing possible. And, you know, it's kind of out of our hands, unfortunately. So we can't do anything right now. But I do appreciate you guys for letting me know. And you can also go check us out on the Odyssey app, which is something we talk about often here. So I want to now talk about some of my favorite picks and some of the picks that I maybe did not love in the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. And the very first one that was kind of a shocker was the San Francisco 49ers going with Trey Lance at number three. That was sort of the first question mark, I feel like, of this draft. And I think they made the right choice there. You know, a lot of people thought they were going to go with Mac Jones. And moving up and trading all that ammunition to go get Mac Jones, I feel like would have been a major, major mistake. And ultimately, they get a guy who's got a cannon of an arm, very smart, very safe with the football, an absolutely crazy athlete, a big, strong quarterback of that Cam Newton mold that can actually run over linebackers. So that does kind of worry me that he's now in the NFC West and the Rams have to defend him, but I love that pick. And I'm kind of looking at some of the picks that were less traditional and less expected. So, you know, I did love the Kyle Pitts to Atlanta pick. I love the Jamar Chase to Cincinnati picks, but those were very much expected. So I'm looking at some of the other ones. Detroit Lions sitting at number seven and Brad Holmes, the former front office member of the Rams, now the first time GM in Detroit getting Panay Sewell without having to move, I thought was an absolutely awesome 
job by him. They just stayed put, got the best tackle in this class, and a guy that could be a Hall of Fame style of prospect. That's how good this guy is as a player. I'm looking at the LA Chargers staying put and getting the second best tackle, Rashawn Slater, falling in their lap at number 13. That was an absolutely awesome pick. They didn't move. They got one of the biggest needs on their roster solved with one of the best players in this class. I thought that was a tremendous pick. In addition to Penny Sewell, maybe I got some sort of love for these big guys, man. Somebody's got to give the offensive lineman some love, some credit. And apparently that's just me today because the next pick that I really, really loved at number 23 was the Minnesota Vikings trading all the way back, I believe from 15. And they got Christian Derrissaw, who was one of the prospects that I absolutely loved. One of my favorites to watch in this draft class. And they not only got the guy very late because he should have went earlier than that, in my opinion, but they moved back and I think they scooped up two third round picks in the process while still getting their guys. So that was pretty much a masterclass, in my opinion, from Rick Spielman. You really can't ask for anything more when you look at that. Those were some of my favorites. I also really liked the last two picks in the first round. Jason Owe, Ed Rusher to Baltimore. You guys heard me talk about him many times. Joe Tryon to Tampa Bay as well. I talked about both of these guys, loved both of these picks. Now, looking at some of the picks I didn't love so much. I mean, there were probably a handful there. I was very concerned with some of the value for some teams like the Las Vegas Raiders going with Alex Leatherwood at 17. Just felt like a massive reach in my opinion. The New York Giants going with Kadarius Toney at number 20. I like Toney the prospect, but I'm not sure what he's really going to be able to do for the Giants there. So kind of concerned with that pick. And then Travis Etienne at number 25, Najee Harris at 24 to the Steelers and Etienne went to the Jaguars. I do not love going running back in the first round. And it's now sort of become settled. The Rams got Jalen Ramsey, obviously, from the Jaguars, traded two first-round picks. And the Jaguars turned that into Cade LeVon Chason, a pass rusher who did nothing pretty much in his rookie season last year. And now Travis Etienne, a running back in the first round. I think when you look at who won that trade, it's very clear that the Rams won that trade. They got a potential Hall of Fame cornerback the number one cornerback in football, and the Jaguars got a defensive lineman who pretty much did nothing as a rookie and a running back when they already had a good running back in James Robinson. I do not get that pick whatsoever, to be quite honest with you. And the last one that was kind of a head-scratcher to me was the Green Bay Packers at 29 going with Eric Stokes, the cornerback out of Georgia. Not that Stokes isn't a quality player. I didn't even personally watch him. I do know a lot of people did not rank him this highly, so it felt like a reach. But again, Another passing up on a receiver with all the Aaron Rodgers drama that came out today saying he didn't want to go back to Green Bay. He's pissed off. He has no desire to play for them anymore. That's not going to help. I mean, they keep passing on receivers to help this guy. And it's just absurd at this point why they keep passing on receivers. I can't understand it. They had a bunch of guys that they could have chosen. Guys like Elijah Moore, for example. Very strange to me. But hey, you know, they went with Eric Stokes. That's their decision, I guess. And so very fascinating because... Not many of the names that I had on my tier one realistic potential big board for the Los Angeles Rams were actually chosen. And that's what we're going to dive into in the next segment. I want to take a look at some of the names that were drafted and all of the remaining names and talk about where I would probably go if I was the Los Angeles Rams. And while we've got you, make sure to come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 
10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. If you are on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring show treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the second segment of the Locked On Rams podcast. This is your Friday episode post day one of the 2021 NFL Draft. And I just want to say there is no event on the NFL calendar, hell, the sports calendar for any sport that is like the NFL Draft. And I swear that first round was so exhilarating, so fun. I literally sat here for five hours just taking it all in, dropping my knowledge, pretty much reading what everyone was saying as well. Man, that was so fun listening to it, watching it, experiencing it. It really never gets old. And it might even get more fun in day two because the Los Angeles Rams are finally going to be able to make some picks, probably going to trade around at some point. But so far, they are destined to have three picks in the second and third rounds, which is what day two of the draft actually is. Day two contains the second and third rounds of the draft. Day three is rounds four through seven. So so I've constructed this big board. We've talked about it many times. Every single Thursday for the past few weeks was my big board Thursday episode where I took time out of my day to in-depth watch a lot of these prospects, break them down, and I try to keep it as realistic as possible. I didn't want to watch all these top 10, top 15 talents that were not going to be available for the Rams, and so I try to watch as many guys that could have some slight chance or a good chance of getting to the Rams. And so looking at just the tier one, which is obviously the best players, my list went as such. Linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, offensive tackle Christian Derrissaw, edge rusher Aziz Ojulari, center Landon Dickerson, edge rusher Jason Owe, cornerback Asante Samuel Jr., center Creed Humphrey, offensive tackle Dylan Radins, edge rusher Joe Tryon, wide receiver Rondale Moore, offensive tackle Jalen Mayfield, and cornerback slash safety Elijah Molden. And out of all of those names, I want to say there's maybe 14 or 15 names roughly there. Only three players were drafted, Christian Derrissaw, Jason Owe, and Joe Tryon, and Owe and Tryon were literally the last two picks in the first round. So we nearly got out of that first round with only one of these names in the tier one of legitimate potential Rams prospects being taken. Now, three of them technically are gone. And through my tiers two and three, only one player is gone. And that's linebacker Jameen Davis, who went 19th overall to the Washington football team. So I'm obviously going to talk about the tier one guys. Those are the highest ranked players that I watched. And the Rams are literally going to have potentially their pick of a legitimately amazing prospect. Now, I mentioned in the first segment, there's a long way to go between picks 33 all the way up to 57. A lot of these guys are going to come off the board. That's just the way it goes. Now, that is unfortunate, but somebody is likely to drop. And anyone in this tier one range, I think would be a quality prospect. Now, talking about what the Rams need, obviously looking at certain positions that they need, players that I rank highly, maybe better than some others, I would honestly be willing to move up for some players, not a lot of them. I'm talking about Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the inside linebacker. I think he's just an absolutely amazing lights-out prospect. He has the best range, arguably, in this entire draft class. He is the prototypical perfect linebacker for today's NFL. The guy can literally cover every single blade of grass, has insane range, insane closing speed, insane high-end top speed, a lot of physicality, versatility to play pretty much anywhere on that back end, as well as any linebacker spot, good in his run fits, 
very dynamic in coverage. That is a kind of guy I would legitimately think about moving up for. Probably going to be one of the first four or five names that come off the board on day two. So, you know, probably not going to last to the Rams. But again, that is a guy that I would certainly look to potentially move up for. Now, talking about some of the other names, I think my favorite remaining names are Ed Rusher Aziz Ojulari of Georgia. I think he's so good. He's kind of like a Dante Fowler, but a lot better in my opinion. Has some of the best hands in this edge rusher class. Maybe the best pass rushing moves, the most developed pass rusher. Now, the reason he dropped, according to Pro Football Network's Tony Pauline, was because he has some sort of degenerative knee issues or something, which somehow always comes about in these medical combine rechecks. And so that was arguably the reason he dropped out of the first round. Could have been the edge one for a lot of people, I think. So, you know, the Rams obviously do need an edge rusher still, I think. Outside of Leonard Floyd, that position is kind of bare. You don't know what you have in Terrell Lewis. You don't know what you have in Obo Okoronkwo. And Ojulari is a day one starter at that position. Day one impact player, in my opinion. That's another guy I would certainly move up for. Now, looking at some of the other names, cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. And probably Dylan Radins, the offensive tackle. Those are the only two remaining names I think that I would move up for. I think Asante Samuel Jr., like the other guys, is a plug-and-play from day one. Nickel cornerback, he would make a huge difference for you. The perfect fit for his zone scheme. And Raidens, he wouldn't actually play probably. You know, you'd have to wait for Andrew Whitworth to retire. Or I guess the Rams could plug him in at guard. But probably fits better at tackle in my opinion. So maybe a little bit rich for the Rams to move up for a guy that's not going to play for maybe a year or two. But again, a very, very talented player. Some of the remaining names that I loved in this tier one, Landon Dickerson. Again, the medicals are an issue, so we don't know what the case is there. Might actually reach Rams at 57, which would be a sweet pick. Creed Humphrey, the other center. I'm expecting him to go a little bit earlier than the Rams pick. Now, could reach 57 if somebody does feel good about the Dickerson medicals and chooses to go with him instead of Humphrey. So I think either one would be great. One of them is obviously healthier, whereas the other one I think is a little bit better in terms of Dickerson. So very close. And I think either way, the Rams would get a day one starting center. Some of the other names, maybe not as high, but still guys I would be very happy with at 57. Probably would look to actually trade back in the event that these guys are the best ones left. I would probably do that, and I think the Rams might be looking to do something like that. Wide receiver, Rondale Moore. Offensive tackle, Jalen Mayfield. Cornerback slash safety, Elijah Molden. Those picks would be solid at 57, but if I'm the Rams, I'm trying to look to move back if that's the case. Try to collect as many picks as I can because those guys, there's not much of a gap between those guys and some of the names I have in Tier 2, and so I think it would make a lot more sense to try and trade back collect a few more picks, maybe give yourself a few more shots to go get maybe an extra starter, another throw at the dartboard, as I always say, and ultimately still get very good prospects and just give yourself a few more opportunities to try and get impact players. That is all we got in this segment. In the final segment, we're going to look at the tier two and tier three guys that I have left over, as well as some interesting news that has come out of the Malibu Beach House for the Los Angeles Rams, which is unfortunate. But while we've got you, make sure to check back on Saturday and Sunday. And going through next week, we're going to continue to update you with who the Rams drafted, talk about what prospects they picked, and what they bring to the team. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think that my word holds a lot of weight as I've lost 155 pounds over the last two and a half years. 
And I've been looking for the best protein bar on the market because protein is just crucial when you're trying to build muscle. And there's nothing like the Built Bar. I promise you guys, they have by far the best texture of any protein snack bar cookie that you can try. And not only that, but they taste great. And they have so many different flavors, over 18 to be exact. And not only that, but they are also healthy. They're low in calories. They're low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber. And they even work for you if you are on a keto diet. You'll even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the final segment of this Friday episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for tuning back in with me and making it to the final segment here of what I guess for the Rams is going to be sort of like our final pre-draft strategy and plan to go about day two properly entering the 2021 NFL draft because pretty much almost every other NFL team has gotten a chance to draft and is already in the thick of things in terms of trying to find the guys that are going to be their future. The Rams, on the other hand, are not and are still awaiting to make their first pick, which does come at 57th overall. Now, I mentioned some unfortunate news coming out of Rams camp or that Malibu house, not necessarily Rams camp, and that is that General Manager Lesney has tested positive for COVID-19. Now, I don't really know how this is going to impact the Rams or if it does in any way, shape, or form. I know that when they were talking about that Malibu house, that Lesney and Sean McVay were going to be in separate rooms. So again, I'm not really sure what that means for the Rams. I'm not really sure if it's going to impact the Rams in any way. But it's obviously not something you want to deal with, and it's kind of unfortunate. Definitely random and just not great. So he's going to have to isolate for the remainder of the draft, it sounds like, according to Adam Schefter. Not ideal when you're trying to you know, work the phones and work trades and find the future of your franchise. So clearly, this could be something that impacts the Rams. They lost you know, a lot of the high-value guys that were in that upper management role in Brad Holmes and Ray Agnew, who both went to Detroit. Now they might not have less Snead or, you know, he's going to have to operate from wherever he is in his own secure area, as opposed to being in the same war room environment with everyone else. Don't know how that dynamic is going to play out. Obviously unfortunate, but hopefully it does not affect the Rams and hopefully they can still go about their strategy properly and, you know, come away with a strong draft. And not only that, but hopefully less Snead is okay. And this doesn't really amount to much because at the end of the day, his health is number one and it's the most important thing. So get better soon, Mr. Sneed. But we are going to dive into the strategy and the plan for the Rams here. And I was initially of the belief that the Rams should look to trade back. They should pretty much just prepare to trade back because that's what's going to be best for them. But looking at what is left over in terms of the talent from the guys that I watched in tier one, I'm fully prepared to say, you know, stay put right now. Now, It's easy to say because I don't know who's going to drop out of these guys, if anyone. You know, these guys could all get snatched up in the first 10 or 15 picks on day two, and then that would leave the Rams with not much to work with, which kind of does revert back to the point of trading back. But I think for now, if any one of these players that I have listed in tier one drops to you, especially those first five, six, seven names, I think you stay put. You turn that card in and you feel very good about getting an impact day one starter Talking about the guys like Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, Aziz Ojulari, Landon Dickerson, Asante Samuel Jr., Creed Humphrey, Dylan Radins. Now, I would also consider trading up. That was not something I talked about often. Me and Brad Motter talked about it. Brad considered it a possibility, asked me if I thought it was a possibility. 
I was a little bit hazy. I was like, you know, I don't know that they have the necessary resources to make the move. I don't know if there's going to be anyone good enough for me to be enticed to try and move up. But now looking at it, looking at how many impact players are left over, specifically on that defensive side of the ball, the front seven or an Asante Samuel Jr., I'm scratching my head, man. I'm thinking like, wow, I want to see one of these guys in the defense. And when you consider the fact that, you know, the Rams might have to trade a fourth round pick or maybe a third round pick or a future third or something to move up 20 spots and go get their guy. Is that worth it? You know, that's something that general manager Les Snead and company have to evaluate and ultimately find the answer to. Now, for me, you know, it might be worth it. If you're going to get a quality day one type of player, someone who should have went in round one that you can plug and play on your offensive line or somewhere on that defense and you could legitimately get a Pro Bowl caliber style of talent out of it, a day one starter, a guy that's going to be a very good pro for you, at least over the course of their rookie contract, I say you dial that in every single time. Now, I still don't think it's necessarily a realistic possibility or something that the Rams are very heavily going to explore. But if you're talking about Jeremiah Owusu-Kormo, Aziz Ojulari, Asante Samuel, I think those three guys are day one starters, not only day one starters, but guys with high ceilings and relatively high floors. Asante Samuel Jr., I think he's so safe. You literally just plug him in. There is not much risk at all, in my opinion, and you just flourish because that secondary is going to be so strong. Or you look at an Owusu Koromoa, I think he might have the most ceiling out of any linebacker in this class. I mean, the guy is incredible. If you recall, Isaiah Simmons from last year coming out of Clemson, I believe he got drafted fourth overall by the Arizona Cardinals. Owusu Koromoa is the exact same style of player, and you're going to get him at a 30, 35, 40 pick discount between where Simmons was drafted and where Jeremiah is going to get drafted. That's crazy because they're not very far off in terms of the prospect value, in my opinion. Then you look at Aziz Ojulari, you know, a little bit questionable with the knee stuff. If teams are scared off by the medical, okay, I understand why he dropped. But if we're talking about talent and you're talking about a high value position like an edge rusher, that is a day one talent every single time, in my opinion. That is a pick you feel amazing about in the 40s, in the 50s. That is a huge steal. You look at what Leonard Floyd got paid this year, $16 million per year. That tells you everything you need to know about what teams think of about the edge rusher position. It's still one of the highest valued positions, and that is not by accident. Now, some of the other names that I do have in tier two and so forth, you know, I like the Jackson Carmens of the world, the offensive tackle from Clemson, interior offensive lineman Kendrick Green, Drew Dahlman, the center from Stanford, Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver, Central Michigan, linebacker Jabril Cox, LSU. There is still a ton of high-quality impactful style of players available for the Rams going into day two. It's going to be a super, super fun event to watch. I'm still expecting the Rams to move around to some degree. It's just so hard to see them staying put because they almost never do. So it's going to be fun to see what the Rams come away with. I think they have to keep all options on the table right now just because of how much talent there is left over. Now, if a lot of these guys do get snatched up in the 33rd, 34th, 37th, 39th picks, you know, those first five, six, seven picks of the second round, then you reevaluate, probably stay back, get ready to maybe stay put at 57 or trade back. And that is the last fascinating topic here is that out of every single player that we had listed for the Rams that had a pre-draft meeting, which was 28 out of the 30 possibilities, 
only one player was drafted in that first round, and that was edge rusher Joe Tryon. So clearly the Rams braced for this opportunity. They expected a lot of these guys to potentially be available to them at 57 or close to them, either close enough to be able to jump up or close enough to at least feel good about getting very, very close to where they're picking. That has worked its way out. Clearly, the Rams only lost one of those players so far. I don't know how many are ultimately going to reach them, but that's the fun of the NFL draft. You have no idea what's going to happen. You got to play it by year and see what happens and ultimately try and come away with the most impactful draft class that you can and expect this one to be a very fun one. Rams fans, enjoy day two. I know I'm going to be doing the same. I'm going to be hammering all the angles possible. So make sure to keep checking back on Saturday, Sunday, every single day going into next week, even the weekend. We're going to talk about everyone that the Rams picked, what they passed up on, maybe what they should have done, ultimately how they came to their decisions, and what I think of these players that they do pick. We're going to try and deep dive into these guys and share some in-depth scouting reports. So make sure to keep checking back in with us here at the Locked on Rams podcast. You can check us out anywhere outside of Apple for now. I apologize once again for that. Please use the Google search button, hit up Locked On Rams. You can search us on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, every other platform. We're going to be available. So make sure to get your fix of the Locked On Rams podcast. And just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MVP and the page at Locked On Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.